Spirelers. Happy Wednesday. Happy second week of January. We made it through the first week. Congratulations. Let's go. This year, I feel like it's been so easy compared to last year. Like I know. Week one. <laughs> week one. Well, no. <laughs> even, <laughs> even last year, like, I think because maybe we didn't set our intentions last year at all and mm-hmm. what we were going to do, maybe that's why. But um, I don't know if anybody noticed on our Instagram, we have been getting ready every single day. Yes. It's crazy. My Instagram's very confused at why I'm posting pictures every day. My, my phone is confused as to what I'm doing. <laughs> Your camera's like, okay, we're done. I've worked I hard enough this year. Exactly. Um, we made it a point to get up, get ready, journal, um, get the house clean, get out, get things mm-hmm. done. Um, and the hardest part about it is actually getting ready. I was just going to say, we are very productive people. Like, yes. I really think we are. Um, but because we're so productive, we put ourselves last. So the last thing we do is get ready. Yes. Um, because I see it like, and you see it the same way as like, I'm going to be, you know, bleaching my house today. Why am I putting a face of makeup on? Yes. Um, but it's not for the intent of like, oh, I'm going to get ready today because I'm going somewhere. It's purely for the intent of making ourselves feel better from the outside in. Um, So we're working on our internal and, you know, adding on to that, we're just getting up and getting ready for our days um, to feel feel better and feel better about ourselves. So we're keeping each other accountable. Um, We drag Jory into this, so we're keeping her accountable as well. Um, It really does get you out of a rut. And I think all of us went into a rut Um, so we're getting each other out of it, uh, which is great to have a support team like that. And as silly as it sounds, it really does help. So if you're feeling down or feel like you just can't get up and get motivated, get up and get ready. It'll help. It really does. Yesterday, it was kind of funny because I got up, put a full face of makeup on, which I do not do like tinted moisturizer and mascara is like really getting ready for me. Um, but I put a full face makeup on. I contoured, which I've never done that. And okay. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't even know if it looked nice. But I was like, oh girl, who's the new girl? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I went out to feed my ducks. So it was like counterproductive, but also like I felt so much better yeah. instead of being in sweatpants and rain boots and my hair in a bun going to feed the ducks. But yeah, I don't know. I think they appreciated it, honestly. Yeah. They're like, who is this? They're like, mom, (laughs) dang girl, what happened to you? (laughs) Oh man. And my daughter kept plucking at my, cause I put, okay. I put eyelashes on yes to feed the ducks. Um, and she kept plucking at them. Like, what are you trying to do? Who are you trying to kid? (laughs) Get these eyelashes off mom. You're crazy. Who are you? (laughs) I love it though. But that's, that's what we need to do. So we, that was one of our intentions for the new year is to at least four out of the seven days, get yourself ready. I think you're on day four. I was on day seven yesterday. Um, and it was great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I should have started at the very beginning of the year, but I wanted to gradually get into it. Yeah. Um, so I started at the very beginning of the year journaling. That was my first thing that I wanted to do is wake up very early and journal and you kept me accountable for that. So thank you. Um, Sam calls me in the morning. He's like, Hey, did you journal? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Hang on one second. Um, but once you get in the like habit of it, it feels really, really nice. Cause it gets you up instead of waking up and looking straight at your phone, which 
Vince wants to kill me every time I do that. Cause that's the first thing I do is I go turn around, grab my phone and look at Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Um, but if you grab your journal instead and start journaling, um, it just for some reason feels better. I don't know why. No, a hundred percent. And I'll tell you why, because somebody told me this and I don't remember who, if it was a boss or a teacher or something when I was in school, um, they said uh, for our generation, especially, and I mean, older as well, but the first thing you do is you grab your phone, even if it's just to check the time, turn your alarm off, whatever, if you don't have an alarm clock, um, my phone is my alarm, but you're grabbing it. And the first thing you're doing is one shocking yourself because you're staring at a screen so early in the morning. Um, and that is setting your day. The first thing you look at that is going to set your day and your mood right off the bat. So if you're jumping on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or emails, um, and let's say you woke up to like a negative email, like you're going to be in a terrible mood all day long, rather than doing something like self-care for yourself right in the morning. Um, you're, you're already starting off on the wrong foot. So definitely pick up a journal. I don't journal. I've never journaled ever in my life. (laughs) ever. (laughs) Like it is not something that I do, but it's something I wanted to try. Um, and I think it's helped a lot, especially in the morning because mornings are kind of like my, my me time anyway. Um, and I have like my own little wake up routine, but adding that in has definitely made me feel better. Yeah. Well, I used to journal every single day, which, um, we've already talked about, but I used to journal every day and then I had a kid. And then I made excuses to, okay, well, no, because Ramsey's going to be awake or, oh, no, because I've got to go change her diaper. I've got to make her a bottle or whatever. I just made all these excuses. But in reality, I'm like, okay, I take the time to wake up and scroll my phone for 30 minutes before she wakes up. Why can't I take the time to write in a journal for five minutes before I get on my phone or before whatever I get ready? Mm-hmm. Um, so and I hear that from a lot of people because I'm like, oh, you should really journal. Like, it'll make you feel better. And they're like, well, I can't because. And it's like, yeah. but how much time do you spend on your phone? So um, I put a little thing on my phone, which Vince found it. I didn't even know they had this, but you can track like how much time you're on each thing. Oh, yeah, your screen time. <laughs> and my screen time is two and a half hours on social media a day. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like we yeah. can get so much more done than getting on social media. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's insane. I, <laughs> yeah, my screen time is unbelievable. Um, especially with social media. And that's why like, I always go through those like waves of like not wanting to have it, but I keep it to obviously stay connected with people. Um, yeah. but it is a huge time waster. It really is. Yeah. Well, it, and it cannot be too. Like if you get on, you like people's posts that you actually like and not that you are jealous of or whatever, yeah. like, um, and spend a little bit of time, go on there, see what people are up to say hello and then get off of it. Because the majority of time I feel like we, um, and now this has turned into a social media podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like the majority of the time we scroll, we're not even looking. Oh no. My husband's guilty of that. He literally just like scrolls through and I'm like, oh, did you see this? He's like, no. I'm like, I literally just saw you see it. Like, yes, you did. He's like, oh, I don't really pay attention. I'm like, that's my favorite thing about, <laughs> not my favorite thing about Jordan, but I love that as soon as I post a picture, it could be of an apricot. And he's oh, like, yeah. yes, like, yeah. like, thank you, Jordan. Yeah. You're always my first like. He's your number one fan. And then I'll be like, hey, thanks for liking my picture. He's like, what? Yeah, he has no idea. (laughs) He's awful. And like, but it's true. You get into like, just like a zombie mode of just like scrolling and liking and not even really engaging or looking at what you're 
liking or yeah. even what's on your social media, but that's a huge one too. And I feel like we talked about it maybe just between us or on the podcast. I don't remember. Um, about removing people who didn't like add anything to your life or if you're just sitting there like envying all of these like influencers or friends or friends you know quote-unquote friends or acquaintances or whoever they may be who have things that you want and then you just get into like a nasty you know negative mindset like like why do they have it and I don't and their life looks so great but like lest we not forget this is social media and the highlight reel (laughs) of people's lives Yes. Um, and it, it messes with you. It messes with your psyche for sure. Oh yeah. Well, just like my, uh, clip-ins that I put in, which everyone <laughs> I'm sure noticed I had like 24 inch hair from the root down. It was great. Um, and they were clip-ins and you want to know how long those lasted? About 15 minutes. Right. I put them in. I took the picture and I'm like, all right, everyone <laughs> taking the hair out. <laughs> I went, my poor husband, I went in the living room and I'm like, Oh, do you like these? And he's like, Ooh, girl. And then went and took my pictures and came back out with no hair. And he's like, what happened? But like, Oh no, I'm not actually going to wear these. What's wrong with you? <laughs> this doesn't look good for a picture. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Do it with a gram. <laughs> but um, I want to see like inside the lives of people that post every single day on social media. Cause good for you. I don't, I don't know how you can do it. Um, um, Instagram is a, is a highlight reel, but we all fall into that problem of going oh my gosh they're perfect and then put this in a rut but yeah so we're trying to trying to flip that around and focusing on ourselves in the morning especially right off to start our day um getting ready making ourselves feel pretty yes from the outside and the inside and all the above um but it's just it's so funny because we used to get ready every single day and what happened to that Um, I think a lot of it was a career change and we are going to shift into that. So, um, this podcast is going to be all about real estate and we're really excited and excited that you're excited because so many people were interested and wanted to know about real estate and how to get into it and kind of like the ins and outs. So this is going to be pretty educational, um, and just giving you like some tips and tricks and hints and hacks and things that we kind of had to find out as we got into real estate. Um, and Brendan and I have a really pretty much same, uh, work background and ended up in the same career, which is great. So we really leaned on each other with this. Um, but it is not all butterflies and rainbows. Let me tell you. So we're going to we're going to show you. Yes. We will show you the real talk about real estate. <laughs> yes. The, the not, the not selling sunset side or the HGTV side. Yes. Which there is a little <laughs> bit of that in there as well, but yeah, mostly not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I think our, our career change changed our appearance too, because we worked every single day yeah. for one. Um, so, and we were actually physically going in. So I really think maybe it was just this past year that changed it. I think so too, Um, which kind of blows my mind too, because if you look at the selling sunset side or any of these like home fixer upper, okay, first off, no one's going to be fixing their house in heels, but, um, Mm -hmm. you look at all these shows and you're like, oh my gosh, real estate, you just dress really pretty. And then you get in your very nice car and then you go sell a home and then you come home with lots of money. Like, yeah, "Eh, actually majority of the time I'm in sweatpants, like scrounging for listings going, okay. Um, anyone have this? My buyer's looking for this. Like, it's not, it's not cute. I never, I don't look cute unless I'm going to show you a home. Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise I'm at home in my sweats. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so we have, we have a 
a lot of stuff to go over with you guys. Uh, we'll answer a few of the questions that we got. Um, but mainly we're just going to walk you through kind of how we got into it, what goes into it, all of, all of the above, the highs and lows and things like that. But we're just going to go on a quick break and we'll be right back and we'll go ahead and jump in. If you know Sam and I, you know that we are both jean girls. We love ourselves a set of nice jeans. We are also in real estate, so we like to pair our jeans with a nice blazer so that we're still super comfy, but also classy. Well, we found a one-stop shop for the best jeans, you guys. Go to prosperitydenim.com or find them on Instagram and you will not regret it. We also have a promo code for 20% off. It's Spiral20. So enter Spiral20 at checkout for 20% off. Okay, welcome back. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, reminder, we are doing a real estate podcast. And in case you guys forgot or didn't catch on, Brenda and I do real estate. <laughs> so if you're looking for anybody in Northern California, hit up Brenda. If you're looking for anybody in Southern California, find me. Um, also, we will go ahead and add on our currently spiraling Instagram, our work Instagrams, because um, we just have like a, a few like educational posts that we'll do on there. If you guys want to reach out to us directly for some reason, if it's not through the podcast, um, we'll go ahead and tag ourselves on our real estate Instagram. Yes. And I'm glad that you said um, we're in California because some of this might not pertain to people that are in other states. Yes. Um, the laws and things might be a bit different. So if you're listening in another state, don't go, oh, uh, that is definitely not true because again, <laughs> this is in California. Yeah. Um, but if anybody from different states also wants to reach out and has questions or um, might want to join either of our brokerages or anything like that, definitely reach out um, because I know Keller Williams and EXP both do. Um, I'm pretty sure, does Keller Williams do all of the United States? Yeah, they're you know? nationwide. Okay. Yeah. Same with EXP. So um, if you have any questions or want to reach out, please do. But like we said, the laws might be a bit different in your state. Yes. So um, a really popular question and one that I always love is why did we choose real estate? So Brenda, if you want to go ahead and give your answer and then I'll let people know why I chose real estate. Okay. The reason why I chose real estate. So I was a server before actually Sam and I were both um, servers at the same place before. <laughs> and um, I met my husband and he lived about eight hours away from me. And um, when we decided to move in together, he was kind of like, well, maybe, you know, if you want a different career choice, maybe, you know, stay at home and, and think about it. You don't necessarily have to jump into another job. Um, cause I knew serving, I did not want to do forever. Obviously it was not going to be my career. Um, so while I was staying at home, I was looking at different avenues of things that I might possibly want to do, um, you know, every girl goes, Oh, maybe I want to be a nurse. Oh, maybe I want to be a cosmetologist or whatever. Like, <laughs> I feel like everybody goes through those moments where they, that might be what they want to do. Um, but blood makes me queasy. So nursing was never a thing for me. Yep. Um, and <laughs> I don't even do my own makeup or hair. So cosmetology <laughs> also was maybe not the right thing for me. Um, and I actually, drove by and saw a for sale sign and um, was like, oh my gosh, that would actually be a really cool thing was to be in real estate. And at the beginning of it, I was like, oh my gosh, I, all I got to do is dress up and look pretty in pictures and put my sign out front and drive a nice car and be super rich. So that sounds great. 
Um, <laughs> that was honestly my initial thought. Like I thought, oh, this is going to be the life. I could just dress up, look cute and say buy my house. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of looked into it. I went and talked to different brokerages, which we'll get into why you should do that before you um, even look into getting into real estate, I guess. But um, I talked to a couple brokerages and um, they also made it sound like sunshine and rainbows. And I was like, oh yeah, it's gonna be great. And you're gonna make all this money. And I'm like, yay, this is gonna be so fun. <laughs> and so I started real estate school. And that's kind of when it hit me where I was like, oh shit, this might be a little bit harder than I initially thought. Um, but getting into why I wanted to do it was, <laughs> um, I really wanted to start a family. I wanted to get married, obviously, to my fiance at the time um, and be able to make my own hours and not have to work every single holiday and weekend um, and be able to say no. You know, like if I if I'm scheduled on 4th of July serving, I'm scheduled on 4th of July and I will be there working. Um, and I've never I never had a weekend off at that point. I never had a holiday off at that point. And I just kind of wanted to get into something where if I wanted to work that holiday, which now is one of my favorite things is to work the holidays because people are so joyful and fun. And when you do an open house, they come in just happy. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and that's not the case for serving. It's the complete opposite. Um, but I just wanted the option to be able to say no or say yes to, you know, things that I wanted to do, I guess, and work for myself. Yes. What about you? What was your reasoning? Um, my reasoning is very similar to yours. So I think because obviously we were both in the restaurant industry for, I mean, you were in it longer than I was, but I was in it for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just over. You just years. aged me really bad. <laughs> so Brenda was in it for 12 years. I was in it for 11 years. <laughs> 11, 11 years in one day. <laughs> yeah. So, so much longer. Um, but I mean, same situation. It's, I got tired of missing out on things. And I, it was great for the time being because I was going through school. I needed something that was flexible. Um, I loved having money in my pocket all the time. Like when serving was good, it was chef's kiss, like beautiful, amazing. Yes. Best job ever. Um, But it's just not, it wasn't the case anymore. So once I graduated from college, I kind of needed to decide what the heck am I doing with my life? I just put myself through school for what? And I didn't have a plan. Like I felt like everyone around me was like, oh, I'm going to school for nursing, like you said, or I want to be on the radio, or I want to be a teacher, um, which is essentially what I wanted to do in the beginning. I wanted to teach. Um, But the more I thought about it and started to look into things, um, teaching wasn't the avenue that I wanted to go down. And I kind of just got stuck. So I left the restaurant business, went into kind of like a normal nine to five job. Um which was nice, a nice transition. However, I think I had the realization that I don't like working for people. (laughs) I I like to be my own boss. I like to run myself. Um, I don't like to be managed or micromanaged. Um, It's one of my biggest pet peeves. So I needed to find something that allowed me to be my own boss um, without running my own company out of my house or something. Um, Because I'm not creative like that either. (laughs) Like I, I can't. So I was talking to another friend other than, you know, Brenda, cause I knew she was in it as well, but I was talking to somebody else who got into real estate and was like, this is the best business you can get. in. I think you'd be really good at it. I'm like, eh, I don't think I could be really good at it. But like, no, I'm telling you, you'd be really good at it. 
So I kind of chewed on it and I wrote down all the things that I wanted in a job um, and things I didn't want. And I didn't want to work on holidays anymore. I didn't want to miss out on family events. Um, I have a, a husband who misses out on everything. So I knew whatever job I chose, I wanted it to be very flexible to my life. Um, Hi, Hank. <laughs> I, God, I know. Say hello to my dog. He's here. Um, and I was just very particular about the things that I wanted and kind of checked all the boxes and narrowed it down. Like, okay, what job will give me all of this? Um, and real estate was one of them. So finally started to, you know, look more into it and it, it worked out. So I think that was my biggest why is it fit the life that I know I want to have. And it was very similar to your reasoning. It's like, I, I see all these things and I want all these things. So where can I plug in work that will do that for me? Um, and real estate was it. And also it's nice that we can, we can make as much as we want, as long as we work for it. Um, yes. So not... you're fully in charge. Exactly. So it's not like, Oh, I'm going to my serving job where for some reason, I don't know why I was serving. Cause they say, Oh, you can make as much as you want as long as you work hard for it. But it was always like a hundred bucks, which sounds great, but yeah. you can work extremely hard and you always <laughs> go home with around a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, but then with real estate, it's like, okay, if maybe I'll just pivot and do something different and maybe go towards different styles of homes or whatever and make more money. Um, which is nice. So you don't have a cutoff. It's not like, Oh, you make $50,000 this year. And that's what you're going to make. You're on an hourly wage. Um, with this, it's like, okay, maybe I want to take a break. Like I just did, um, recently mm -hmm. in December, I decided I was working a lot and, um, I was extremely busy and I didn't want to be, I didn't, I never wanted to be overwhelmed with real estate to the point where I was like, I don't like it anymore. Right. Um, so I was able to take a break and, didn't lose my job. You know, I don't have to be like, Oh, I need a month off for my own well being because I just have to ask myself, you know, if that's what I want to do. And I did. Yeah. So. And I, that's definitely one of the biggest perks, <clears throat> excuse me, um, about being your own boss is yes. you're in full control, which is great. And a huge you know, perk for both of us. Um, so the second biggest thing is, you know, what is the process of getting your license and, do you want to go ahead and jump into this or do you want me, what do you want to do? Um, you can go for <clears> it on, I guess what the, how, how did you get your license? Cause we were in different parts of the state. So it might be yeah. a little bit different as well. Um, if you kind of want to go into where you did school and, um, how long it took to take your test. Yeah. So, um, I did my schooling online. I got referred to, um, an online school called Allied. If you're wondering, you want to go check it out, um, drop my name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice because I was, I did have a full-time job when I was doing this. So I needed something that was obviously accessible to me. I wasn't able to go in anywhere and, you know, take my classes or do anything like that. So it was nice that I could do it uh, when I was able to. So I did my schooling online and I don't remember the price, but I'm sure I could find out for you. And, um, took, you know, my main course. And then I think you have to take like a secondary course for whichever you decide to choose. I think mine was like laws and regulations or something like that. Um, you have some options to choose from. Um, but I think if you strictly did that, I think you could get through the schooling in maybe less than a month, three weeks, maybe like yes. if, if that's the only thing you did. Um, however, I was working. So I think it took me a couple months to get through it and um, take the test, pass the test. 
Um, and that's just the first part. Yes. So with my school, I did the same thing I did it online. Um, I had friends that went to school for it and I don't know exactly and do not quote me cause I don't know how long it takes, but I'm pretty sure it takes a few months, like six, yeah. seven months ish That sounds um, right. to get through it. If you go to a school, like do it through college. Um, I did it all online, which was really nice. I was lucky enough to, at that point I didn't have kids. I wasn't married. I mean, Vince and I were engaged, but I literally had nothing else to do. So I flew through it. Um, and so you can do literally everything online. So if you're going to school, like Sam said, or if you're going to work or you're doing whatever, um, it's a really good avenue because the schooling portion, at least of, of real estate is pretty easy if you put a lot of focus on it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I did mine online as well. And I believe mine was around $600 and um, I got told um someone referred me to the course that I took as well and if anybody's interested in taking the real estate course um dm us either on our currently spiraling instagram or our um work instagrams which we will put in the show notes um mm. but yes yeah, so then the test portion the test for mm. me took a long time to get i don't even remember at this point cuz it was so long ago but um, it took a really, really long time. I remember that was the hardest part of the schooling process was getting your test date. Yeah. Uh, and I actually got my test date on my honeymoon. I was on my honeymoon and they sent me my test date and I was like, oh my gosh. And that was like, I don't want to say it. That was all I thought about at that moment, <laughs> but I was like, oh my gosh, I got my test date. Finally. Like, I feel like I was waiting so long for it. Yeah. Um, and so whenever I got my test date, I was like, okay, so now I need to you know, hire someone to tell me how to get through the test. And, you know, I need to take all these crash courses and all of, all of these things. I don't know. Did you take crash courses? Yeah. So the, just the uh, part before you get your test date, um, is you do have to apply to the state. So after you pass your online courses, um, you'll get a certificate from whatever school you go through and there is an application process that you have to do. Uh, for the state, what you're in. So obviously we're in California. So state of California, you send it to the board. Um, and I think the application was probably like 100, 150. You have to get a live scan, um, make sure you're not crazy or have any, you know, charges against you, uh, which I think is like 100 bucks, something like that. So it's not cheap to get your license. Let's preface that quickly. Um, it's not cheap to go through the process. So once you get your application, put it in a nice, beautiful package for the department, send it off and they will get back to you. I think mine was like eight months. Oh, wow. See, that was, I think it was longer than mine was. I think mine was about five or six. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't fully remember because I feel like it was so long ago, but yeah. Um, yeah, definitely not cheap. Like Sam said, I think I had $2,300 saved just for schooling and the, the process of getting my license. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I would say even, even more than that, I would say at least 3000 have tucked away to be able to spend on um, things that come up because there's, you know, they tell you, Oh, in the beginning, especially if a broker wants you to work for them, they're going to say like, Oh yeah, it's like $300. You're fine. But they don't take into account. Okay. Yes. It's might be $300 for the first course, but you have to take, like Sam said, more than one course. Um, and 
I think online is probably the cheapest route to yeah. go. Yeah. And, but then like she said, the test costs money, the scans cost money, all these things, little things that come up cost money. Mm-hmm. Um, your books, because I did all of, all of my books I wanted in hand because I just feel better about it. Like I can highlight things and all of that. Originally, when I first started my schooling, I did it all online to where I can just put it up on my screen. Um, and I learned really quickly within maybe like the first three or four days of schooling that I wanted it in book form to be able to highlight and go back to. Yeah. Um, so that cost a bit more. Yeah. I think it's it's how you learn too, because I write everything down, even if it's on my computer, like I rewrite everything. So all of my notes for my test for their school, I have like yellow pads, like five of them because I wrote everything down, which I feel like is probably counterproductive for a lot of people. Um, but for me, that's how I learn. So I think based it off of how you learn, you like hard copies. I do too. Um, it's obviously going to cost you more. Your hand's going to cramp. You might need more pens, like things like that. But (laughs) if you're one of those that can just strictly do it online and highlight stuff as you go online, more power to you. I, you're going to save some money. Um, we just weren't those type of people. So yeah, because there is the option to just have all of your books online and you can scroll the pages online and all of that. But it was just too much for me because I had my, um, my test up on one and this is not the state test you guys this is just the test for schooling I had my test up in one corner and then my notes in another in the beginning and I was like this is this is too much like I can't yeah eyes do not work this way yeah um and it might be an age thing I don't know if you're younger you might be able to look (laughs) at seven screens at a time um but definitely I like books and I don't write a lot of things down because my handwriting is terrible and I just focus on that I'm like I don't like the way that looks I'm gonna gonna scratch that and redo it So yeah, we worked Um, a little bit differently on that, I think. Yeah. But so going back to the actual getting your test date. So mine took a little bit longer. Um, It is the worst and it depends on how backed up they are as well. And you can actually check online the the process of where they're at um, with accepting applications. So let's say for instance, you submit it in September. If you go online, it'll say reviewing applications from May. Now you know how backed up they are. They haven't even gotten to your month. So it's definitely a waiting process. Don't think this is something that happens overnight. Um, Also, the Department of Real Estate does not care that they take a long time. So I was one of those annoying people that at my six-month mark, um, because like you said, I think it it should, to stay true to it, I think it does take about six months for them to get back to you. Mm -hmm. Um, I called at my six-month mark. I'm like, hey, just checking out my application. (laughs) Just want to know what's going on. Um, and I called them, I think every week until I got the official, like, okay, yes, like, damn, you can finally take your test. But I recommend that actually, because I didn't, I'm not one of those people. I'll sit back for seven years and be like, okay, hello, (laughs) I'm over here. Um, but I do recommend calling because, um, one of my girlfriends that was doing it as well, she sent all of her information in and it ended up getting lost. They never received it. So when she called, she called like seven months later. And they were like, oh, no, we don't even have you in the system. She's like, what? So she had to resend it. So definitely I recommend calling and staying on them because the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yep. Is that the saying? (laughs) Squeaky wheel gets oil. Yep, (laughs) exactly. Um, But yes, I recommend that. I didn't call, but at the time that I took my test, there wasn't a ton going on. Like right now with coronavirus and everything shutting down all the time and all of that, like, yeah, it's probably going to take a lot longer. I would assume I'm not 100% sure, but um. Yeah. And I had really at that point, nothing but time because I had saved money and moved up here. And my husband, thankfully, 
um, has a really good job and was able to support me while I was going through this. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So So what, now what happens, like once you get your test date, what did you do to prepare? Oh my gosh. So I was so worried about getting all these crash courses and doing all of these things to learn the test. Um, I took one crash course and, um, thought that I would be fine because I said, Oh, it's a 99% passing rate. You'll, you'll be just fine. I'm like, okay, great. Went in and literally everything on the test was nothing that I had learned. And it will be that way for everyone. It's nothing that you learn in school is on this test. Like this test I went in, I remember, um, which we'll go over what it's like to go in to take your test too. But I remember going in there and being, feeling a hundred percent prepared because I studied my ass off and sitting down. And the first question made no sense. I read it over and over and over. And I'm like, (laughs) what does this even mean? What does this mean? And, um, so anyways, needless to say, I did not pass. I, I walked out of there going, I knew nothing, zero didn't pass. And my life was shattered because I knew I had studied. I had taken the crash course that everyone told me to take. And I was, I was 100% sure when I stepped in there, I was going to pass. And when I left, I was negative hundred percent sure that I was going to pass. Um, <laughs> and I did. So, um, then I was really, really, I, I didn't know what to do from there. Cause I was like, okay, I did everything that everybody told me to do and didn't pass. So then on my second round, I went and I just looked up podcasts. I looked up YouTube videos, all of these things on people telling you how to pass the test because, which I don't know if we're going to get in trouble for saying this, but um, there's ways to pass the test without necessarily knowing all of the answers. Um, And we can, if you guys want to DM us, we can also give you the YouTube videos that I used um, and the podcast that I listened to on how to pass this test. But um, I went in the second time and the first question made zero sense. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I started to panic. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to pass. This is it. I'm done. Um, But there was ways that I learned how to read those questions with the, um, the YouTube things and the podcasts where you read the question over again and you're like, oh, okay, I can, that completely makes sense. Um, Instead of like, they look at, you look at words in there, like the word not or the word always Um, And there's a way to read the question completely different than you read it as a normal person. Um, And that helped me. And I walked out of there and I was like, hell yeah, I passed. I could almost just not even look at the paper and know that I passed. Um, And I did, thankfully. But that's the thing with these crash courses and all of this. It's like, they don't teach you how to pass the test. They teach you like all, everything about real estate. And it's like, okay, well, nothing about real estate is actually on this test. So that's what made it so difficult is you expected, okay, they're going to talk about easements and they're going to talk about (laughs) all of these things. And you go in there and you're like, wait a second, it's not even on here. What's happening? (laughs) I studied these books front to back. Um, So definitely ask us if you're getting ready to take the test or if you're thinking about real estate, ask us what to look up and um, find out how to pass the test because I wish someone told me that and no one did. Yeah. What about you, Sam? (laughs) Um, I had a very similar encounter with the test. Um, I was so excited when I finally got my test date. Um, I had a lot of obstacles in my way regarding my test date, um, just with having to get it rescheduled three times. Um, so for me, I had so much pressure on myself cause I'm like, okay, I've gotten extended time. Like I have no reason as to why I'm not passing this test. I've had an ample amount of time to be studying. 
Um, someone told me the same thing. They're like, take this crash course, guaranteed you'll pass. I did it and I passed. I'm like, okay, got it. Um, so signed up for this crash course over the weekend, the weekend before you take your test. Um, they recommend taking it within 30 days. I recommend taking it the weekend before you take your test. Um, so everything is fresh in your brain. So I sat Saturday and Sunday for eight hours because everything was on Zoom at this time. Um, and I wrote everything down. I absorbed everything this man said like a freaking sponge and studied and grabbed all my notes. And then I started to panic um, the day before my test because I think I took mine like on a Tuesday. Um, so Monday I was just like cramming everything in my brain and I'm like, I, I feel like I can't study anymore. Like I know these things because he goes over everything with you that you learn and I'm answering these questions, like rattling off. I'm like, hell yeah. Like I feel like a professional (laughs) and I'm, I'm answering him before he even gives it. And and I'm like, okay, like clearly this class works and I'm absorbing it. Whether I realize it or not, it's, it's sticking. Then I started to panic a little bit. Um, because I made the mistake of going on Google and looking up like, how accurate is, are these crash courses? (laughs) And people are like, don't do it. Doesn't work. Um, go on, you know, some website, I forget what it is, but you know, these are the questions that they're actually going to answer. I'm like, Oh my God, what, what? Okay, fine. So, and again, this was like the day before my test. So I, there's no way in hell I was going to cram any more information in my brain less than 24 hours before my test. So I got there really early um, and studied in my car for like two hours before. I did the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Studied for like two hours beforehand because if, you know, in case you didn't know, you cannot obviously bring anything in there with you. Um, Like nothing. And they check, you know, even your glasses, like they check everything there, your hands, your wrists, your arms, like they don't mess around. So it's worse than going to prison. It is. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I'm not <laughs> kidding. It was like traumatizing. Yeah. Um, and same thing Brenda said, I sat down and I'm like, okay, like get a girl, do the damn thing. Like you answered all his questions. Like he said, the test is pretty identical to what you learned in this crash course. Like done. I got this. Looked at the first question. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I like started to like my uh, sweating and I start reading through the questions and I'm like I don't know any of these answers like I I don't know I don't know one I know nothing so then I started to work backwards and I tried everything and I think the the test was like 150 questions um something like that and I was reading backwards I'm like let's start from 150 <laughs> maybe the questions <laughs> will get easier um And I was just that panic mode started to set in. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know anything. I don't, I know none of this. So anyway, ran through the test. Um, I have always been that person that when they take a test, I don't go back and change my answers because I feel like if that was my first gut instinct and that's what they tell you in your crash course to crash course too, is to go off of your gut. Um, don't go back and change your answers, but my gut didn't even know what was going on. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> your Maybe gut's you like, should. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yes. So um, I answered everything to the best of my knowledge, as much as I could cram through my brain that was like picking up, you know, words and phrasing and things that I could remember. Um, and I went back and I did it again. And I looked at it again. I'm like, that answer is so wrong like so wrong. (laughs) And I probably changed like 75% of my answers and I was done. I'm like, I can't, I can't look at this anymore. Like I either passed or I failed. And my gut feeling is telling me that I fucking failed. 
So anyway, I finished my test and they give you your results right away, but they tell you not to open them until you get to your car. So like, I am already an anxious mess and like oh, shaking yeah. and sweating and like wanting to cry. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I didn't pass. I'm an idiot. Cause I had someone telling me like, if you don't pass in your first try, like you're done because this is the easiest test. I'm like, really? Okay. Okay. Um, well, when did they take their test? Yeah. Well, recent, like in the last five really? years at least. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, they're a dirty liar. Um, cause that's not true. <laughs> I walked out and I'm like, nothing that crash course taught me was on this test. Yeah. So that's cool. So I'm now I'm thinking like, oh my God, I have to postpone this again. I have to retest. Like, this is not what I want to do. Like, maybe this is a sign from God that I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> like yeah. everything in my mind. Anyway, got to my car, opened my letter. I'm just like closing my eyes, like wanting to, you know, die. Um, and it's like, congratulations, you passed your test. <laughs> so, oh, did you pass the first time? I didn't I know passed that. the first time, um, which apparently does not happen. So I was like, I literally screamed in my car of just like pure relief and don't ask me how it happened because I really don't know. Cause I will stand by and say that that crash course taught me nothing, but obviously something stuck. Yeah. So I can't completely, you know, demean it, but, um, I would definitely look into other ways like Brenda did with YouTube and podcasts, because the one thing I will say is that there were different ways to be reading a question um, as a realtor versus a person. Yeah. So I think that's probably what saved me um, is kind of dissecting the question rather than just reading it right off the bat. Yes. But I I agree. And I think, I mean, we took different crash courses too, which yeah. um, if anybody wants to know what we took and so you don't take the one I took, um, yeah. <laughs> then just DM us and we'll, we'll talk to you about that. And we'll also, yeah. um, we'll plug in the YouTube videos and all that on our Instagram page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like, so going into what it's like to walk into taking your test. Yeah. It was so scary like people were like oh yeah like don't wear bracelets don't wear anything that they they're gonna want you to take off I'm like okay yeah. well I don't anyways so fine and I walk in there and it was like a strip down pretty much they were like okay padding you like yeah. there was little lockers I don't know how it was for for down in um, northern California but there was little lockers and you had to put everything that you could take off without being nude into this locker <laughs> and um so my first time I think this is also why I failed because I walked in there and sat down and they say you know you can't talk you can't look at anyone else like you basically just have to look at your test take your test and leave and um so I walked in and I sat down and I went to go take my test when it was ready to start and my mouse wasn't working and I was like um my mouse isn't working and the lady's like no speaking I'm like okay okay (laughs) so I just sat there and I'm like uh trying to get this mouse to work and it would not work and so I just sat there because I'm like okay well I can't speak and I can't take this test so I don't know what else I'm supposed to do And, um, so the lady finally came over like 10 minutes later and I was already 10 minutes in a mind of someone panicking is like 17 hours. Yeah. And so she walks up and she hands me another, another mouse and she's, and so I went to go use the mouse and she's like, don't touch the mouse. I'm like, Oh my God, what? I don't know what I'm, I don't know what you're saying. And so she like (laughs) handed me this thing that I had to, cause you have to sign out your mouse. Did you have to do that? Uh, Yes. 
So um, you have to sign out your mouse so that you, I don't know why. So you don't bring your own mouse. I don't really know why they do that, but you have to sign it out. And then whenever you leave and pick up your um, test results, like it's a disease, pick up your test results, you have to turn in your mouse. So anyways, I had to sign this thing basically saying like, yes, I've given you my mouse and now I have a new mouse. And so already I was like, okay, well that was already hard. It's been 10 minutes and I'm I'm already screwed up. Um, and then when you leave, it's like, like Sam said, okay, take this outside and open it because they probably don't want you to like freak out inside or panic yeah. or whatever. I don't know why they do that. Um, but yeah, when I read mine, I opened it and I don't know how the congratulations one was versus the other one. Cause I don't really remember, but I remember opening it and it felt like a bunch of math. Like it felt like I was taking the test all over again. I'm like, wait, what did I know? Did I not? I don't know. <laughs> um, so I had to read through cause the ones when you fail, is like a full paragraph of shit before it tells you you failed. So I'm like reading through it and my, my eyes aren't working. <laughs> oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> um, but then the other one, when you pass, it just says, congratulations. And you're like, yeah. why couldn't the other one just say failed? Yeah. So I didn't have to read any more than I already had to read in that freaking hour. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways, everyone go take your test. It's, great. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great. No, but this is true. It's it's so real. And I, I mean, it also depends on how you do with testing and with nerves and things like that too. Um, because I mean, it was, it, and I remember it, it was interesting to watch people literally be so nervous. Like they couldn't even comprehend like things to do, like yeah. putting things in your locker. Like all you have to do is like twist a key, take your key. Like it was really that simple. And people were so panicked because of the test, like, normal things that just kind of seem easy um it wasn't they were losing their mind and you know the people are getting mad like just twist the key and take your key (laughs) um so I remember standing there like oh my god okay well at least I'm not you know that nervous I know how to use a locker but um (laughs) it's stressful and because and I think it's great because it means that it's important to you um if you don't care then fine but I mean you put a lot of money in to take this test and you don't want to fail and you want to pass and it's scary. Um, you don't want to wait any longer. And you don't want to wait. Months. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think all in all, like what a year to get yeah. everything going, like it's, it's stressful. So yeah. anyway, that's the process. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I don't want to scare to... anyone away from it yeah. because the, what we're trying to do here is explain the real side of it because I don't know about you, but when I got into it, um, everybody was like, oh yeah, you just take your test. It's not that hard. Like just take the test. It's fine. But everybody that I was talking to took their test 20 years ago. So the test was different. Um, now it's way harder. And I had a friend just take it and she was telling me how hard it was. And it's apparently even harder than when I took it years ago. Um, and so we just want to kind of give you guys the heads up of like, don't go in it, not knowing things. Don't go in it, not studying, not, um, you know, well, don't read the books. Cause honestly, like the books have nothing to do with the test, Yeah, but, um, definitely want to give you some avenues that you can look into to be able to tap, to pass it and not stress as much. Um, yeah. cause in reality, it's just a test. They're going to give you the test. And once you take your second test, it's so much quicker than getting your first test. So yeah, don't panic, but these are the things to look forward to is to watching people not be able to use lockers. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, but if you have any like further questions about the process, just go ahead and reach out to us. Um, I know it's a lot to take in. So if you need it written out, like we will bullet point it for you um, and send you in the right direction of where to find all these things that we're talking about. Yes. Um, so next thing we're going to get into is once you pass, um, what happens? 
So I knew what to do, but I think it's interesting that Brenda, you didn't know the next step. Um, And this is when somebody tells you like, okay, where are you going to hang your license? Yeah. I don't know. In my room? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. That that was exactly my thought. Like I passed and I'm like, I'm an agent now. This is great. I'm going to put it all over social media and everyone's going to know I'm an agent now. Well, that's not that's not how it works, everyone. No. Yes, you technically have your license to be an agent, but you do have to hang your license at a brokerage to be able to perform work. Yeah. Um, and no one told me that. I <laughs> was so lost. Um, <laughs> and I had friends in real estate, but I, I was the type of person that I didn't want to look stupid. So I ended up looking stupid because I didn't <laughs> ask questions. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm an agent now. Cool. Like, got it. And like Sam said, where are you going to hang your license? In my room, Um, in my office, in my brand new office, I just paid a bunch of money for. Um, But you do have to hang your license at a brokerage. So go find a brokerage that you like. Um, Definitely question everything, everything. And if it seems too good to be true, it's too good to be true. If they tell you like, oh, we're going to give you all these leads and you're going to sell a bunch of homes and, you know, it's super easy. They run as far as you can. Um, definitely get with somebody that's going to be honest with you and tell you that it is work. It's not, you're not going to get handed anything. Nobody is going to hold your hand through the process unless you talk to us. We will, Yes, Um, we will, (laughs) but it's, it's terrifying. You know, you start, I don't know, Sam, if you want me to get too far into this, but, um, (laughs) you start with going in and everybody is so nice to you before you get your license. Right. Or, when you first get your license, like, Oh, it's going to be great. It's wonderful. Ever ask anyone, people will tell you how to get through this and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, and then you see all these top producer pictures everywhere. Like, Oh, top producer sold $4 million last month. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. Um, and then once you pass your license, you walk into a brokerage and everybody looks at you like, okay, move. Like you're in my way. I'm busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one wants to tell you how to get through life at all no. in real estate. Um, and it's not because they don't want to, it's just because they're too busy or, um, that's not the route that they want to go. Like me personally, my goal is to help new agents, um, you know, strive in this business. You know, that's my, my main thing is I want to teach you the tools to be able to get further in your career. Um, I mean, and also sell homes, but my main goal is to help new agents. Um, but I didn't have anyone for that. And you know, one of our best friends, Jory, is a real estate agent as well. Um, but she's very like, fly off the seat of your pants. You know, she's just like, oh, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I need someone to like, sit down with me and give me the exact process of how this world works. And yeah. for me, there was no one. Um, I didn't know that I had to go get a brokerage. I didn't know that I had to find an association, which we can mm-hmm. also go over that with you guys if you have questions. Um, yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit. Too. Yeah. Um, so anyways, your story was a little bit different than mine. You just, you do, you had to hang your license. On yeah. Your so um, I, I had an idea that you obviously had to associate yourself with a, a company, a broker. Um, and if you're curious what that means, it means find a company, whether it's Century 21, Keller Williams, EXP, um, First Team, Real, Realtor One, like there's so many, there's so many. Yeah. So um, my I interviewed probably three or four. Um, And like Brenda said, ask all the questions. I had a folder of questions. Um, So when I met with the broker, I'm like, I hope you have time for me because I got questions. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but I wanted to get all of them answered because I'm already going in blind. At least give me the tools to like guide myself a little bit. Um, really liked the first one that I interviewed with. <clears throat> there was nothing wrong with it. Um, everything kind of mapped out beautifully other than the fact that it was very far from my house um, was probably my deciding factor as to why I, I didn't go with them um, for the meantime. Um, because I knew that being uh, new in this business and money isn't going to come to you right away or anytime soon. So I needed to be strategic in the amount of time that I was spending on the road. Um, and I wanted to be in the office as much as possible. Um, so being far would, it didn't make any sense. Um, interviewed with another one that was closer to my home, uh, liked them. Didn't seem like a complete fit for me. Um, but it was still really great. Uh, I think they have a lot to offer. It just wasn't for me. Um, and then when I, I think I had one more and then I, when I met with uh, Keller Williams, who I'm with now, the biggest selling factor when I hung my license with them was the people. Um, and real estate is very much on your own. It is. And, li and like Brenda said, um, no one's going to be there to hold your hand through it other than us. Um, but it's, I, as much as they are busy, um, realtors are in a business for themselves. So yes. unless they are trying to grow their team so you can work for them, um, they don't want to help you because now you have become competition as sad as that is. Um, it is what it is. That's the nature of sales. Um, and it, it sucks being new, but you just kind of have to like get through it and like get a thick skin. So the biggest thing for me when I signed with Keller um, was I walked in and the culture of that office was wonderful. Um, my broker's wonderful. The, the little one at the front desk who works the, <laughs> works the phones is great. Um, all the other agents were really fantastic. And they take new people in the way that I would take somebody in. So... And, you know, numbers and everything, it was, it still made sense, obviously, but a huge deal for me is if I'm going to be working in this office every day, I want to like the people that I'm working around. I want to yes. make sure that because I am new, I can go to anybody and ask them a question, you know, as dumb as it may seem to them because they've been in the business longer than me. I don't want to feel dumb asking. Yeah. Um, so that to me spoke, you know, volumes when I decided to go with them as a company, um, so yeah, I def definitely would recommend interviewing around, you know, talk to people. Obviously everyone's going to say, you know, oh, go here. It's so great. But if it doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. In my opinion, um, you have to work what's best for you. Yes. I um, also chased after like diamonds, glitz and glam. Like I, when I first got into real estate, they were like, oh yeah, you're going to, with us, you're going to make $250,000 this year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm signing with you. Where do I sign? Yeah. Um, and I wish, I mean, luckily I was lucky enough to sign with Keller Williams as my first, um, brokerage, but it wasn't because I knew better. It was because I was following these people who had a lot of money and told me that I was going to make a ton of money. Um, but then once I signed, it was like, okay, bye. Like, yeah, figure it out. And I'm like, wait, what? I thought we were all in this together. Like what's happening I'm just <laughs> on my own now. Um, and so I ended up joining a team months into it. So I was about maybe four or five months into it, just completely on my own, literally crying every single day yeah. because there was no one there to help me. And I'm like, what did I just do? I spent a bunch of money to get into a business where no one's here to help. 
Um, so I ended up interviewing a bunch of different team leaders to get on a team. Um, before I go into my story, definitely ask a thousand questions if you're even thinking about going on a team. Yeah. Um, I maybe interviewed like five or six different teams and I ended up choosing one um, where I was the only other person on there. There was a team leader and then there was me. So we were kind of starting a new team. Um, the reason why I'm really, really glad that I got on the team was because I made lifelong friends. Um, I ended up making two girlfriends that will be my friends forever. Um, and I still work with to this day, even though I'm not with Keller Williams anymore. But, um, the reason I don't like it is people, I feel like, and this is just my opinion, but they don't take you as seriously when you're on a team because it's like, oh, I'm on a team. So they think, oh, okay, cool. So I'm going to talk to you today. And then tomorrow you're going to throw me off to someone else that's brand new. Um, and I, I ran into that a lot where it was like, okay, I was talking to your team leader and now all of a sudden you threw me at this girl that's never sold a home before. Um, and so that's what I didn't want. I wanted to be able to brand myself and, you know, be able to prove to them that I am worthy of taking on their listing or helping them purchase a home. Um, so personally, I do not like being on a team. I also don't like being on a team because I feel like I took on not with this, not with the team that I was on, but um, I feel like certain people will take on a lot more responsibility than the other person, but they reap the same benefits. You know, they're still like, we were on the number one team in all of Keller Williams. And so someone could join that team and be like, oh yeah, I'm on the number one team, but do nothing. You know, they could sit at home and eat nachos. And then all of a sudden they're on the number one team and they look just as good as, you know, me or the two other people that were on the team that were working our asses off. Um, So that's why I didn't like that. But there is that avenue. If you find a team that you really, really work well with, go for it, but also ask a lot of questions because they're, yeah. you know, how, how much commission are they going to take of yours? Um, how does the team structure work? Who does the marketing? Um, there's a ton of questions, which again, you can, you can ask us on what questions to ask if you're thinking about joining a team. Yeah. Um, but then I decided to go with another brokerage, which I will not name the name. I never will name the name. So don't ask me. Um, but they (laughs) promised the world to me. They're like, we really want you on, you know, our, at our brokerage, you're going to do wonders, blah, blah, blah. This is what you're going to get. You're going to make at the end of this year, you're going to net a million dollars. Like this is it. And so I ended up going there and didn't do my research on it. And it was a nightmare. Um, it just was a nightmare. So make sure you do your research before, especially if you're going to go to a not so well-known brokerage. Um, I'm with EXP now. I absolutely love EXP. If you have questions about EXP, please let me know. Um, and Sam absolutely loves Keller Williams. If you have questions about Keller Williams, let her know, but definitely hundred percent do your research before choosing a broker. Yeah, definitely. Um, so going after that, um, cause we have a few more things to get into, uh, is once you get your broker, hang your license, there's going to be a beautiful question that they ask you and is what association are you going with? And <laughs> you're going to look at them like a deer in the headlights and be like, um, what association do you have? <laughs> yeah, Whatever you want. What do you want me yeah, to do? What know. do you mean? <laughs> um, so your association will be in, you can, you can have, I think anywhere in your area, if I'm yeah. not mistaking, um, So association is where you go to pay your dues, to pay your fees, um, when you actually get, when you can actually work, um, as a realtor, because you can't do anything until you pay those. Um, and nobody really tells you about the big chunk of money that you pay to your association. 
Yeah. No, no one told me. No. So that was a really big slap in the face when they, you know, hit you with an $800 bill and they're like, here you go. This is only for three months. And you're like, um, what? I'm sorry. Huh? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so they go quarterly, correct? Yes. Okay. So quarterly dues, um, it's a chunk of money yes. and it varies by association or area or something, or at the time that you, I'm sorry, at the time that you pay for them. Yeah. So mine was more expensive than yours was. Um, and I, at this point, so this was like almost a year after I started and took my test and Vince and I were just, we just got married. So money was tight. And so when I went in and they told me, oh yeah, you have to pick an association, which I knew nothing. I had to go Google it and be like, what is an association? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I chose one in the County that I wanted to work in, which I recommend whatever County you're wanting to work yeah. in, go to that association. Um, or if you're, you have big high hopes and you're wanting to work in Hollywood, go join that association, wherever you're wanting to work at or yeah. wherever's closest, depending on what you want. Um, but yeah, they slapped me with that. And I was like, well, what is this for exactly? And luckily my association was really, really good at explaining. Um, and we can go into that too. Just DM us. We're kind of running up on time right now, but, um, it is expensive, but it definitely is worth it. You can ask your association any questions that you have if, you, yeah. you know, regarding open houses, especially right now with COVID, like there's so many things I don't know. And I'm like, oh, I'll just call my association and they'll answer these questions for me. So that in itself is enough for me to pay these, <laughs> these dues. Yeah. Um, but they also give your, your MLS, which is your online base of where you find um, homes for people. Um, but yes, we'll go into that a bit more too, if you have questions, but like, I yeah, said, we're getting up on time right now. So, um, we want to make sure that we, we cover everything that we find of importance. Um, yes. and obviously Everybody it's a lot, it. so this, this can't be done, you know, just in a quick amount of time. So if you guys have any extended questions, like, please reach out to us. We want to answer all of them. Um, but we're just getting through like stuff that we find is of main importance. Um, so if, if there's anything past that, just please go ahead and DM us. Um, so I guess running after, you know, you paid your, you paid your dues, you found a broker, um, you have your license, you're ready to go. What, what do you do now? Now, like now the business part comes in and this is the part where I feel like everybody gets a very false <laughs> conception of real estate. Yeah. It's like, well, business just comes it, What do you mean? It just comes. It's like, mm, yeah. no, it does not. It does not just come. Um, and sometimes it does. So I think it just depends on you as a person. If you have all of these people who are like, oh God, I really want to sell my house. I wish somebody, like I knew a realtor and you were like, oh, hold on, give me some time and I'll get my license and I'll sell it. <laughs> Great. Um, that was not the case for me. It was not the case for Brenda. Um, so kind of what do you do to find business? Like, what do you do? And there's little things that you have to do take some real estate pictures. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is. Um, cause this is now your brand. You have to go and fully brand yourself Yes, and get business cards. And, you know, if you're into social media, make a social media platform, um, start getting your name out there and you have, you're starting from the ground up. So you don't think about those things. You just assume kind of like they're coming to you, but it's a lot of busy work, I guess I'll say in your first month of when you have everything like, you know, settled for the most part, you're doing a lot of the base work. It's, you know, letting everybody know that you're a realtor and reaching out to people who you haven't talked to in a long time and letting them know you're a realtor and going around your neighborhood, letting them know you're a realtor. Like it's so much of that, that people overlook. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people also think that, um, because I get this question all the time from people that aren't agents. It's like, oh, cool, you're with that brokerage. How many, how many leads did they give you? Like, how many homes did they allow you to sell? And I'm like, that's not how it works. Like, yeah. you are working for yourself. You are selling. It's like being a Arbon person. Like, you sell it. No one else is going to sell it for you. Yeah. Um, and that was my main, I guess, misconception of it all is I was like, okay, so I'm going to join a team and now I'm going to get all these leads. Yeah. Or I'm going to join Keller Williams or EXP or whatever. And they're going to give me all these leads. Um, that is absolutely not the case. I am lucky enough to be with EXP who gives me KV core, which is like a mm -hmm. um, CRM and also like a marketing piece where um, I can go put out, you know, a, an ad for new homes in whatever area. And then anyone that clicks on that, if I put it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, um, it gives me their information so that I can reach out to them and say, Hey, were you really interested or did you just want to see this home? Yeah. Um, and I never wanted to be the agent that called them and was like, Hey, you, you clicked on this. So now you're my person and we're going to go look at homes and you're going to buy from me. Uh, that's not the type of person I like to be. I like to give them the option and then say, you know, if you want me to run, I'll run. It's fine. Um, but you definitely have to put yourself out there and do things that you are not necessarily comfortable with. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, the main thing people told me was like, okay, so get on the phones, you know, yep. get on the phones, make a billion calls a day. And, um, this is just what agents do. Me personally, I absolutely despise the phone. I hate mm -hmm. it. I'm a lot better now because I did put myself out there and I did do a couple of months where I would make my phone calls and I, that was my morning and I would get up and I would call people that I did not know and try to sell them on me. Um, but now I know that is not the way that I want to go because it's not what feels comfortable for me, but I'm glad that I did put myself out there and do it so that when people call me or if I call people that I do know, I'm more comfortable on the phone and I know what to say. Right. Um, but definitely find your niche or niche or whatever you want to call it. Definitely yeah. find that because if you're not comfortable on the phone, you're not, those people are going to know you're not comfortable on the phone. Yeah. If you're not comfortable in open houses with random ass people coming through and not, you're not, you know, verse on the questions you're supposed to ask people, don't go that route. Find what is best for you and choose that. Um, we wanted to go over a lot of like how to find business because that was one of the number one questions on our Instagram was how do you find business? Um, I think we're going to have to do a part two to this. If you guys want it, please let us know. We can do a part two because we're getting really tight on time. <laughs> um, but we definitely want to get everyone's questions answered and um, I don't want to miss anybody. So if you guys want us to, we will definitely do a part two to this as well. Yeah. Anyways, Sam. <laughs> um, no, I think that was great. Like what you said, like find what is comfortable for you, but try everything out. Yes. So absolutely. I think that that's huge is if you're not comfortable on the phones, give it a shot because maybe you are and you just don't know it. Yeah. Um, if you're not comfortable with social media, try it out. Um, all of those things. And obviously be aware of, you know, the different restrictions we have now, uh, due to just the state of our, you know, country, um, yeah. door knocking isn't really a thing anymore. Um, you know, open houses aren't a thing anymore. So it's, you really have to pivot and move with the flow of real estate. If we can tell you anything, it is an up and down roller coaster. It is changing every single day. No day will be the same. Um, and I think that's great. And that's kind of the fun of it, that you will always have something interesting and something always going on, um, but you have to stay up to date with it. 
Yes. And um, like you said, with the um, do, do things that you're not comfortable with. And here's why. Because my main comfortability came from door knocking and open houses. And that was my jam. And I was going hot with it and um, got a lot of business from it. Actually, my very first sale literally walked in an open house and said, I want you to be my agent. I like you. And I was like, wait, what? Um, (laughs) And that was my jam. And now with coronavirus, we're not allowed to door knock or do open houses. So guess what? Now I have to do what I don't feel comfortable with. And that's social media because you're allowed to go into houses and do videos of the houses yeah. and show everybody on video, which people that were comfortable with telephones and video are thriving. Yes. Right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to pivot on what mm-hmm. the world brings you. So um, I am glad that I got into phone calls and social media so that now I'm like, okay, well, I'm not necessarily as comfortable, but I know how to. Um, and this year, regardless of it being coronavirus has been my busiest, craziest year of all. Um, And I do think it was because I, you know, studied each way to get clients and so that I could pivot and, you know, change my ways, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. no, I think, I think that's huge. Um, So definitely find what works for you, but obviously try everything. Don't, you know, rule anything out. And I learned that fairly quickly um, you know, what was working, what wasn't working, but I, I was going to try anything and everything. Um, and I guess another piece of advice is treat real estate like a normal job. Um, that is the best piece of advice that anybody will tell you. And I think probably any realtor will tell you is, and especially my company, when I signed on, it's like, if you want to make this work, like I can only give you so much, you got to meet me halfway. So find somebody who will provide everything that you need, the training, um, the mentoring, you know, just the comfortability, everything. But if you don't show up, then what's the point? You know, like you, you put a lot of money into this and if you don't show up and actually try, then what, what was the whole point of it? Treat it like a normal job. Get up every day. If I mean, you have flexibility of your schedule. If you want to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and have you know Friday through Monday off, you can. Um, but make sure that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're waking up and you're getting ready and you're going into the office or you know your home office or something, and you're putting everything into your workday. Um, and it's very easy to fall into a rut of not wanting to work. Um, I think everybody who first starts gets into that because you realize that it's very hard. Um, Brenda wasn't kidding when she said she cried every day. I have too. I cried every single week and just out of frustration or out of, you know, this isn't working or, you know, the obstacles of like dealing with, you know, COVID and trying to be a realtor, a new realtor, um, just all of these things that hit you in the face all at once. And you're like, Oh my God, like, I just can't even catch a break. But also a good tip to know is you have to give it six months to a year. I remind myself this every single day because I'm very impatient. Um, Give yourself six months to a year and everybody will tell you that. Like if you can survive without making money for almost a year, then by all means go for it. But if you can't, maybe it's not the best time. Absolutely. Um, And also how you said, treat it like a business, right? And this is the, the best thing that I ever did was I got this little binder for my association um, and it holds business cards. It holds, uh, notepads that holds all these things that you need in a daily life of being an agent, mm-hmm. but write down an outline of what you're going to do every single day. So, um, what I've started to do is at the first of every month, I'm going to write down an outline of, okay, so 
and Sam and I have decided to theme our days, you know, so if we're going to wake up and we're going to on Mondays, this is what we're going to do. You know, this is how we're going to spend our day on Monday. And we don't steer from that. It's okay. I said I was going to make an hour of phone calls. I'm making an hour of phone calls. End of story. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say like, oh, well, actually, you know, so-and-so's birthday is today. It's like, no, if I set myself up to do this, I'm sorry, I'm working. These mm-hmm. are my hours of work. Um, also a big mistake that I did make, which I didn't notice until I got extremely busy was I didn't time block for myself. Um, and you need to treat it more like a nine to five to where, okay, it's 10 o'clock at night and somebody's calling me. I used to answer the phone and go, what do you need? Where, where can I help you? What's up? How can I help? But in reality, it's like, do you want to live your life that way? Do you want to constantly, you know, the reason we get in this business is because we want to make our own hours. So make nine to five. Sorry. I'm off at five o'clock. Call me tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was, that's still my biggest struggle is cause I want to help people. Yeah. Um, especially with like newer agents, like I said, that's what I really want to get into. Um, so if a newer agent is to come to me, the first thing I'm going to say is what times are you wanting to work time yeah. block? Let's figure it out. Like these are the hours that you're working. Do not say yes to anything after those hours, because otherwise you will get yourself in the situation that I was in where I was on the phone literally from 5.30 in the morning to 10.30 at night yeah. every single day through my weekends, through my holidays, um, just saying yes to people and being a Pop-Tart agent, which you do not want to do. No, it's funny you say that because I was just talking to a lady in her office who said the same thing that because um, I asked that's my number one question when I'm talking, whether it's another fellow agent, what's it one, the best way to communicate with you? And two, what are your hours? Like, I want to be, you know, obviously aware of your time and your home life and everything. Like, let me know. I will never overstep. Um, And she said, you know, it's really funny you say that because I just had a client who called me at two in the morning and she's like, can I answer? I'm like, absolutely not. Hang up your phone, turn on, do not disturb. Like, no, you have to set your boundaries. Um, And that's part of where people don't treat it like a, a normal job, quote unquote, normal job. And um, they think, well, you know, your website's up at midnight. So am I like, why aren't you? Yeah. It's because mm-hmm. I'm still a normal human. That's why. Um, so definitely like Brenda said, set those boundaries. Don't fall into the being, you know, a yes person all the time. Um, if they can wait, if you know, if you can't wait five hours for me to wake up in the morning, then maybe you and I just aren't a good fit because these are the hours that I run. I'll be up as early as you want. I won't be up as late as you want though. And you set your own boundaries for people to understand too. And if you are up at 2 a.m. and you answer that phone call, you've already set that boundary. Like, oh, it is okay to call her at 2 a.m. because she answered. Yeah. Um, Also with putting in offers, I always, if it's after hours, if it's after 5.30, 6 o'clock, I'll text them and I'll say, hey, listen, which some people don't like texting, by the way. Yeah. But I'll text them and I'll say, I'm, getting ready to write up an offer. Just wanted to let you know, didn't want to call you during dinner. The offer will be in your email. And then I'll email the offer over and I'll call them first thing in the morning and say, Hey, it's eight o'clock. I sent that offer over. Um, just wanted to let you know, or give them the opportunity text them and say, Hey, you can call me if needed, but I didn't want to call you during lunch or during yeah. dinner or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I am available. Like let them know. Yes, you are available. If you're, if these are your working hours, but don't call, don't, call someone at 10 o'clock at night and say, I'm sending over an offer. I got an offer. Yay. Woo. Like, no, it'll be there in the morning. Call them at eight o'clock in the morning and say, Hey, I sent over an offer. Did you get it yesterday? Yeah. Um, and a lot of clients will want you to do that. They'll say like, did you call them? Did you, did you ask them what's going on? It's like, well, don't worry. I've got it handled, but 
I don't want to be that person that ruins your dinner because I was excited that I got an offer in, you know? Exactly. So it's just being considerate of people's time um, and, and your time as well. Um, So there were, there were a few more things that we wanted to go over just like the home buying and selling process, but we, if you guys are interested, reach out to us, we will explain it. Um, And if we need to do a secondary podcast, we will, but these were the main points of why we chose real estate, um, what it entails, you know, what is the process of getting your license, finding a company you want to work for, um, how to get your business going, uh, finding what you like, treating it like a normal, you know, nine to five work day. Um, these are some really helpful hints. Uh, we will have as many tips and tricks for you um, as you want us to give. So if you're really interested in getting your license or want to know more, please, please, please reach out to us. We have a lot of information clearly. Um, it's just, it, it is a process, so it it doesn't come easy, but we want to help in any way to make it not want to pull your hair out, which is, yes. (laughs) Yes. And we did get a lot of people asking about like, Oh, how do you generate leads? How do you, um, you know, market yourself? How do you do this? How do you do that? And we really, really want to answer those questions. So I think we are going to have to make a, um, second podcast, but we, And it might not seem like these are very good points because you don't have your license yet and you don't understand that, you know, these will come up, you know, like these things will come up. Um, And we don't want to steer you away from it or make it seem like it's not great because it is. Obviously, we're still in real estate and I will be in real estate probably for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, So there are wonderful things which we also want to touch on, but we are way over on time. Yes, we are. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But again, please reach out to us, DM us. we'll drop, you know, all of the stuff that we talked about today, um, on our Instagram. So please don't hesitate to reach out. We're really excited, um, to give you all this information. That's why we went so long. Um, but we will follow up with the rest of the questions that we had and you know, the processes and, and leads and all that stuff. So we'll go ahead and end it here. Um, but we are really excited that you guys wanted to hear about this. Um, it was really fun and really great. And obviously we, could talk about it all day long and that's why we did yes um yeah we will go ahead and stop here but thank you guys for joining us again for another week this is really fun 